Yo! <laughs> it is 9 a.m. on February 2nd. Do you want to hear something funny I noticed this morning? Yeah. So on January 10th, I wrote January 9th for the thumbnail. So it's fucked up right there, but that, that's no biggie. Oh. <laughs> I, I noticed today that every thumbnail for 2023 still has 2022 in it. Oh, no way. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> and I just said, fuck it, I'm not changing them. There's like 40 of them I would have to change the thumbnails and redo all of them. I'm just. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not changing all those. There's too many to change. That would always get me in school, you know, you'd like, oh, when a new year comes back, you get to school, like, oh, one, two, seven, two, two. Oh, yeah, I, I, when I was younger, dude, I'd make it to, like, March, and I'd still be writing the, the last years. It'd be fucking March, and I, I'd still be writing, like, 2012, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. and I'd get points taken off. Those were the worst teachers who took points off for how you dated your papers. Oh, my goodness. Like, bro, there's some bad teachers out there. Uh, yeah, no, the worst teachers were the ones who I did like their classes in high school were prepped for college. And then you go to college, <laughs> you're like, this is not at all how you taught your class. Like maybe college in the 1950s, but like yeah. not in the 2010s. I'm just prepping you guys for college. College is like nothing like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. college gives us homework every day with in math classes, you don't even have homework every day. Yeah, dude. You don't, you don't really don't have any class every day. That's not how it works. Plus, like work in math, but you don't have it every day. So. Dude, most of my professors are like way too chill. They're just like, like if we're all dead, they're like, you guys tired too? Or like, yeah, they're like, yesterday was like a long ass. You know what I mean? Like, half my teachers cuss and like, yeah. I, well, once you get into the majors, like people aren't lying. Like once you get into the major classes, it's the, the teachers in the class five is so it's so nice. Oh yeah, it's smaller classes. It's like twenty people max. Sometimes it's like ten to twenty people. You know what I mean? And you're you're most of the time you're just like a homie with the teachers. Like half my professors, you don't even call them by their professors like professor name unless they're yeah, like yeah. you just call them by their first name like Melissa. You know, I had a teacher. I don't last do year. that because it makes me uncomfortable. But yeah, they're always cool with it. I, my classes, I'm my I miss my classes because if we had twenty people in advertising, there'd be like three dudes, including me. Like so nice. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's like that's how it is in journalism. Like, if, like most classes are like fifteen to ten people. Once you get out of, because the first two years of the journalism program, you're taking cl classes with people who are comms majors. So like half oh, your, yeah. so half your class is like retarded. Like they, like they're idiots. I'm a comm major. <laughs> you're advertising. That's a communication major. But that's advertising. <laughs> I mean, like, mass comm, strat comm majors. Yeah, I don't even know what those are. Those, those majors. are the easiest majors you can do in college. Comm was, well, that's why I picked advertising. Was, was, yeah. Yeah, but, like, advertising is a better comms because you yes. go into advertising. Yes. yes. Strat comms and mass comms is, like, you, you do recruiting or you, like, you work for, like, a, uh -huh. a, com a company in their like communications department sounds like a not a bad gig in real life it's not a bad gig yeah. it's just like you're at the very bottom of the totem pole without any place to go up oh 
Like you, you, because if you have a, a lot of times, people say if you have a bachelor's in comms, you should go get a master's in something else. Oh, yeah. So you're not just a comms major. That's why the jokes always like I was a comms major in college and like TV shows and movies. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah, it is that is such a meme. Yeah, it's like a meme. They're like, I was just a comms major. Yeah, but like. <laughs> You know how many? Oh, whoa! We got digs out here on Twitch. That's good. Yeah, you know what's how, up? What's up, digs? I was two classes away from a theology minor. I actually fun, remember fun you fact. telling me that. Yeah. Why didn't I you? I wish that? I did it. I'm just, I'm I have English for minor. learning, man. I have an English minor. That's so cool. That's <laughs> it's just literally so cool. <laughs> it's so stupid. Girls but... probably love that. Like that's just so cool. I didn't take any Shakespeare. I avoided Shakespeare. So now it's a good call. Well, yeah. Uh, I almost switched into a Shakespeare class, but I switched into a uh, United States in a global context this semester. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big America guy. Okay. That's enough banter. We just bantered for five minutes. We're talking Damian Lillard. Is he an MVP candidate? John Morant, scary. Boston Celtics winning overtime. Not in overtime, my apology. Winning a blowout. The Timberwolves winning overtime. The Jazz, are they going to make the playoffs? And the Hawks are winning. Mm-hmm. So, let's start off with Damian Lillard. La, 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 la. Would, you, would you consider Damian Lillard an MVP candidate? Or has he missed too many games? Well, he has missed a lot of games. My issue is they're 25 and 26 and not even in the playoffs, but he is definitely a candidate, in my opinion. This man is on a tear. He's one of the best point guards in the National Basketball Association, and he's on my fantasy basketball team. And I find it so funny because even on his, like, off nights – yesterday it definitely wasn't an off night, but two nights ago, Dame will score, like – Four points in the first quarter, and the fantasy chat on Yahoo is like freaking out, like bust, bomb, like trading you, and it and it's just like, well, no, he's actually about to drop at least thirty five, so he's you know keeping him alive right now. Over his last ten games, he's averaging thirty eight points, eight and a half assists, four and a half rebounds, while shooting fifty two point four percent from the field and forty point seven percent from three. It's just insane. It's mesmerizing. And I was a little bit, just like the picture on the screen, I was not worried, but Dylan Brooks was on him, like what on Rice in the first four or five minutes of the game last night. I'm thinking, oh, man, like I'm going up against the Celtics right now. Like I really need Dame to not get locked up by Dylan Brooks tonight. I shouldn't have panicked. I should have just trusted the system, trusted the process. And, yeah, I saw Jeremy Grant went down early. And uh, there was a little bit of concern there that Memphis was going to – John Moran almost had a triple-dub at halftime. So, it was uh, – I'm, I'm really glad they pulled off that victory because they need these victories. Yeah, for me, I just – I just think it's in, in – un, I can't speak right now, but it's in – it's unreal that Damian Lillard is scoring basically 40 points a night with 52% from the field. Like the other day, I don't know if you know this, that 60 point game, he was the most efficient 60 point game in NBA history. Yeah. Yeah. We should have talked about that a little bit more because that was. It happened on the weekend. That's why I think it was Friday night it happened. I think it was like Thursday. Was it? Watching Portland games can be difficult sometimes for me because it's on at 10 o'clock at night. 
Yeah, Portland. I watch a lot of Portland because it's the last game on usually. So yeah, yeah. it's it's like 11 p.m. midnight. And when I get home from like work or I just my girlfriend leaves, I turn on NBA and it's usually a Portland or a Nuggets game is the last game yeah, on TV. It is. Yeah. So for me, I actually catch a lot of Portland and Nuggets game. I like for me, I catch a lot of West Coast games because it's the last game on TV. Yeah, I feel that. And I mean, I've always been a Damian Lillard fan since 2012 when he came into the NBA. His story. Weber like, State. The Southern it, Utah Big Sky Conference. I actually think they changed it. Wait, is, where is Weber State? I believe it's in Utah. Is it actually? But wait, 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 wait. no. It's going to be in like... Um, it's in Utah. It's Utah. Ogden. It Utah? Okay. Ogden, Utah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Is it D1? Yes. Oh, we but played it, you, it's big sky. We almost, right. beat, we almost beat your ass a couple of weeks ago at Kansas Blowhawks. But yeah, that was your Utah State. Yeah. Oh, the Big Sky Conference is like pretty fucking shit. It's not the best, but it is always. How did they convince who... Cal Poly, UC Davis, and Sacramento State to join? I think I think those first two are recent. It's always kind of cool to see who gets into the March Madness, though. Because sometimes they pull off the upset. Other affiliate members. Okay. Uh, UC Davis and oh. Cal Poly. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, some talent there, though. Like, they always have they always have some D1 players, whether it's football or basketball. But with Damian Lillard, do you think this is a team that they're mm, – Like, for me, if I was the Hawk – not the Hawks, but – I mean, John Collins is what I was going to say, but if I was Trailblazers, Yosef Nurkic and Josh Hart are supposedly available. I don't think the money works, but if you move around, if you can try to convince Bogdan and John Collins to be for, like, Yosef Nurkic and Josh Hart, that's not that's not realistic. What I was that really interested me. Yeah. What I was going to say, the real thing is, is if OG Ananobis – that's available. that's what I was gonna say. I, John Collins can keep his nine points he had, his whopping nine points he had last night. Would you package Hearts and Nurkic for? You don't need to. I don't. I don't think they're gonna need to. I, I don't think. I don't think Nurkic is gonna trade because he's not on a horrible contract and he is. They want to move on. It's reliable. Why? No. When did that happen? He's a liability this year on defense. Like pretty bad on defense. And their whole team's kind of a liability on defense. I know. I saw a trade where it was. Um, they want a defensive big man. It was Josh Hart. Go get Nerlens and have both. I saw Josh Hart, Keon Johnson, two firsts and a second for OJ and OB. It might have been three firsts, but I believe it was two firsts. I would do Keon Johnson, three firsts, and Josh Hart for OG and OB. Yeah. Imagine that lineup of Simons, Lillard, OG, Jeremy Graham. Like Jeremy Graham and OG would just like – Literally be the two best perimeter defending duo in the league. Yeah, I like. I, I really like the idea of OG. It's just also Rashawn Holmes is supposedly not getting bought out anymore. Uh, a rumor so. came out saying what you said: the contract that he yeah. is a can, he's a candidate for next year to be bought out, not this yeah. year. They're I get that you can you know throw on a who was the uh, forget who the example was, but. Some Wesley, it wasn't Wesley Johnson. It was somebody 
that name I haven't heard oh, in a while. Oh, Kyle Singler. Yeah, Kyle Singler. Isn't he from Duke? Yeah, I think he was. And there's still my boy. And Kyle Singler got paid for what they because when you so basically when you waive a multi year contract, it's called stretching. And they stretch Kyle Singler's contract. Kyle Singler, I don't think he's played since like it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, basically that contract let him retire. Oh, wait, no, he actually after the Thunder in 2018, he went and played in Spain. Oh, okay. I mean, good for him. But basically, they had originally signed him to a four-year, $19 million deal. And so, basically, in 2018, they cut him. To this season, they have been paying him $999,200 a year. In 2018, he got um, basically a million. In 2019, he got a million. In 2020, he got a million. In 2021, he got a million. In 2022, he got a million. And I believe they still have to pay him how much longer? To be honest with you, that works for, for me. I don't know if it does for you. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> I think this is the last year they're paying him. Okay. Yeah, I think this is the last year they pay him. But An interesting team for this Blazers, real quick, could be because it's going to be weird trading away Nurkic when they need center help. A team could be the Charlotte Hornets. You never know. I mean, Mason Plumley and Kelly Oubre for Yosef Nurkic and Josh Hart. I don't know. I have a bias towards Yosef Nurkic and Josh Hart. Uh, I do want to pivot right here and talk about a guy that should we be scared that this team isn't ready? And they're the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, a month ago, the Grizzlies were like, oh, you saw that John Morant, you know, after it was before or after in the middle of the 11 game win streak. And John Morant was like, I ain't scared of anyone except the Boston Celtics, when they asked him, like, oh, anybody in the West? Nah, we good in the West, he said. And it kind of feels like the Grizzlies past week or two have slightly slipped. Oh, they have, and it's been bad. Why is that? Well, the Stephen Adams injury doesn't help. I think they have this nice – I, I like that the Memphis Grizzlies are in the league, but I have a couple of teams that Josh should be afraid of, and it's the Lakers, Phoenix, Sacramento, Golden State, Minnesota, and Portland because now they've lost six of their last seven. So, yeah, yeah four, John Morant. Four, they've only won four games in their last ten games. Jaws a great basketball player. Yeah, because they had that win streak right before six of seven is a more desperate number. <laughs> they – have all these nice pieces. You know, I, I like John Contra. I like Zaire Williams, but I do think that they should make a move. They have kind of a weird log jam as far as, yeah, these are nice basketball players. David Roddy, you know, Jake LaRavia, like these are good basketball players, but if they want to make a big time move, I think they should make a big time move. Cause you have, I mean, triple J's six blocks last night. He's unbelievable. You have the best backup point guard in basketball. Like you have Dylan Brooks as a possible trade chip. I think OG and an is a, a team that if he were to go to Memphis, I would not be 
all that please because I think that really, really, really helps them. So I just I agree that the Steven Adams people don't realize Steven Steven Adams. He's kind of like not only is he the biggest guy on their team, he's the best offensive rebounder in the league. And this team, I believe, shoots like one of the most three pointers in the league, but like not at the best clip. So having Steven Adams out there, no dish against Jaron Jackson Jr. or Santi Alama. But those guys aren't like rebound inhalers. Like Steven Adams absorbs boards. So I think that that presence in the paint being gone is being hard to replicate because Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., Santi Alama, they're all great, but they don't do what Steven Adams does. And also Steven Adams, you know, culture setter, you know, guy that – can play with anyone i think that injury they don't have a pure backup big man on this team the rest of their bigs are jaron jackson jr santi two guys who are like more power forwards who can play center xavier tillman's a small ball five brandon clark same thing they're all like not pure centers and i think they've lost their control of the paint and obviously, I mean, this team is head over heels, you know, got, you know, got a bunch of cushion in the wind columns from the sixth seed. So I don't expect them to fall in the standings, but it seems like if you can play Steven Adams off the floor when he when he does come back healthy in the playoffs, this could be something that the Grizzlies might lose because we saw it last year. You can't there's certain certain playoff series against certain teams where Steven Adams is unable to play because of the play style that's being played on the court. I think they need a, you know, this is a moment where you realize, okay, this is, they need to adapt. How do we play? How do we win games when we can't play Steven Adams and how do we still control the board? Well, that see, I don't agree with that because I, I don't, think they have any issues rebounding even when he's out not out there. Xavier Tillman can definitely grab me boards. Sharon Jackson does a great job at grabbing boards. Ja does a great job even at grabbing boards. So my issue is they can't hit threes at all. They cannot hit threes some nights. And that gets me back to my thought of, all right, you know, I don't think Dylan is having a great year. I'm, I would trade Dylan Brooks immediately. I think the guys, John Conchar, David Roddy, like these are nice pieces – I can win with Triple J as my big man and giving Steven Adams 20 minutes in the in the postseason. I can you can win like that. Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, whoever's the big man, you can win like that. But I can't win if I'm not hitting threes outside of like Desmond Bain, Triple J sometimes, and Ja. So I would and Danny Green might really help that. We'll wait and see with that. But I would definitely try and upgrade. I would definitely try and upgrade all this kind of like this nice assortment of good players, but I, I don't think it would, I don't think it's going to get them as far as they want to, but you know, at the same time you do get a little bit, you know, you shrink your rotations when you get into the playoffs, but Dylan Brooks, his nine point game last night, I know he's great on defense. It's just, I don't know. It kind of gave me like the go ahead of it's like, yeah, all right, let's trade. So also let's give a little shout out to a guy who made his debut today or last night. You know who that was? Danny Green. Yeah. Danny Red. He recovered from a blown knee in eight months, was it? Or six months or whatever? Eight months, I think it was. He blew it out in May. Eight months. 
Came out, played 10 minutes, shot four shots, all of them being three-pointers, made one three, had four rebounds to steal and assist. This is a guy that I think they're fine keeping for the playoffs, but also at the same time, I would not be surprised if they're calling up teams and being like, look, if we package Danny Green with, I don't know who, because I know this is a team that very much likes older players, but like, let's say they package Danny Green with, Tillman, because he's, I think his contract has either one year left or it's expiring. So let's just say that. Do they go out and try to get someone? See, I wouldn't trade Danny Green for Jay Crowder because it'd be a very similar player. And I trust Danny Green to be a better shooter than Jay Crowder right now. So I don't know. I don't know. Do you think this is a team that should be looking for like a Terrence Ross, a Gary Harris? Definitely. Yeah. 100%. They only make 11 threes a night. And I feel like a lot of those are John Bain. So yeah, John Bain. I think and like Jerry Jackson Jr. Yeah, I mean, hit this horrible brick late in the game last. Oh night. my god, I did see that. I did see that. But I think those are two nice candidates. To I can't think of anybody else outside of those guys at least right now. But yeah, hundred percent. There are some teams that will have eleven threes after the second midway through the second quarter. Yeah, and my whole thing is like. I think this team, they're good at this, you know, the big position. Like they have four back, you know, they have five bigs, including Steven Adams. You know, guard, you could say, you know, Tyus Jones, Jaw, Desmond Bain. And then you have like John Conchar, Zaire Williams. But really, Zaire Williams and John Conchar also play wing. I just think this team is Zaire Williams is a little streaky. So is Dylan Brooks in terms of shooting consistently. So that's why I just feel like if you can flip Danny Green into somebody of that, that'd be something they're interested in. Yeah, I'm not too – I'd actually rather focus on Zaire. I don't want – you know, I like Zaire a lot, but I don't know if they have – I don't know if they have the time and he's one of their best young assets. So we'll see. But it's kind of hard to even imagine Zaire Williams getting traded at the deadline right now. I don't think that would happen. No, I, I think they really like Zaire Williams. And Zaire Williams would only be traded if it was for, like, OG and Obi. Yeah, so I think yeah, I'd go get OG. Like, get OG, man. Just... I wouldn't trade Zaire Williams for, like, a Gary Harris. I would trade Zaire. Like, I would package. I think you could pa- get away with a package. I think it is of, like, Zaire, Danny Green, and probably, like, Kennedy Chandler. Maybe offer two first-round picks. It's not a bad deal. That's really not a bad deal because you give you give the Raptors a point guard in Chandler, you give them a wing in Zaire Williams, and then Danny Green. They can either turn around and get a third team in the deal, that's like a contending team, or you, they could just waive them and buy them out. Yeah, it's not too bad. I wonder if the Knicks are actually offering them three firsts. Because I think the I, I don't think it I think at the end of the day what it's going to come down if you want OG and Anobi is it's the assets. it might be three first if if the Knicks are serious I think it's three I, I think a lot of teams would give up three first for OG I think it comes down to what are you packaging with those three firsts Yeah Zaire Williams and two firsts is uh, better than I Evan Evan Fournier Yeah exactly it's better than Evan Fournier and three firsts Yes. Because I think the offers that they could make is either Evan Fournier is like a perfect match with the salary and three firsts, or you can do um, 
three first and like Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, and uh, like Cam Reddish, man. You know what I mean? Or like Cam Reddish and Derek Rose and three first. Like I think yeah. Zaire Williams and Danny Green is a better package than anything the Knicks can offer. Because the young guys they can offer aren't the young guys you'd be interested in. But let's move on over to we're gonna talk about the Boston Celtics. What do you think about that game? I actually watched this with Luke, and I kept telling Luke, I was like, we should just turn this game off. Like, there's, like, no point in watching this anymore. <laughs> and he just kept telling me, like, oh, let's just leave it on, man. He's like, he's yeah, that's my like, team. Yeah, that would, that would be awesome if you're a Celtics fan watching that game. That would be awesome. So, I'm yeah, no no, uh, no disrespect, but I am currently 1-0, and it wasn't even close in our pickups. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to me, but no, this, that was probably the first, that was probably the best first quarter of the season. That might've been one of the best first quarters I've seen that of recent memory. I can't think of a better first quarter you could possibly have. And it was really frustrating because I'm like fighting for a fantasy spot. I'm on the outside looking in and I'm going up against Tatum Brown and Robert Williams, but this Boston team is really good. I mean, they're, they're really good. And this is without Marcus smart. I know Brooklyn's banged up. This was probably Brooklyn's worst loss of the year, regardless of who's playing, who's not playing. So, I mean, you got to give them credit. They didn't have Kevin Durant out there. It was Kyrie, Cam Thomas. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but no excuses. This It was embarrassing. This was an embarrassing loss. I guess it's it, there's no excuses for how embarrassing. I, I think there is an excuse for the loss. But, yeah, no, I mean, Kyrie only had 20 points. Cam Thomas had 19. You know, nobody could – it was – it was rough, and this is where it becomes interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Cam Thomas in a sec because I do want to talk about that young man, but with the Boston Celtics. I, you know, Al Horford, some nights has a big night, some nights he has a quiet night, and that's fine because Rob Williams tonight had 16 points in 19 minutes. You got 31 from Tatum. You got 26 from Jalen Brown, 14 from, what was it, Derek White, 10 from Brogdon, and 12 from Luke Cornette. Then you got to see a little Blake Griffin, Justin Jackson also in the game. Sam Hauser, Payne Pritchard, Grant Williams. And, you know, this was a night that I think we just saw the depth of the Boston Celtics. Yeah, they were playing, you know, Boston Celt- the Boston Celtics were playing a team, the Brooklyn Nets, who were, you know, shorthanded, but for a team that people are like dishing on the fact that Luke Cornette plays 20 minutes a night, Luke Cornette's not a bad basketball player. No, not at all. And I just think it's unreal. Like the fact that they now have Derek white and Malcolm Brogdon, it just goes to show that like, Hmm. Brogdon's been such a big addition because now they have like three guards in Smart, White, and Brogdon that at least one of them is going to score double digits for you. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's the Al Horford is interesting because I was saying Al Horford last year is not going to have the same last year as he is this year. He'll have his nights and he definitely has his nights. So I think. I, I do think the Boston Celtics make a trade. I think Brad Stevens is a genius, and I, I know he sees the same thing. So, you know who I think is the perfect fit for this team? Mr. Kelly O. I think Kelly O 
is a phenomenal asset for this Boston Celtics team. I don't know exactly what it's going to take to get him. I'm going to imagine because of his bigger contract, it, actually middle-tier contract, it's, I don't think it would be difficult to, to acquire him at all. So there's a problem with any speculation, and this could be a great clip. This is why the Boston Celtics will not make a trade at the deadline. They are a buyout team. They are going to be active in the buyout market. The reason why they're not making a trade is the only trade assets that they have is Peyton Pritchard, Danilo Gallinari, and like the bottom contracts like Justin Jackson. Because they supposedly Blake Griffin will not be cut or trade. Blake Griffin is supposedly a huge, huge uh, locker room guy, leader, and culture setter. So they're they literally they want Blake Griffin there because he is beloved by the city, beloved by the locker room and organization. But basically Justin Jackson, and they're very hesitant about Payne Pritchard, uh, but Justin Jackson and Daniel Gonari, similar to how Ricky Rubio was used last year to be traded for Carrot Silver. But the problem is, is Daniel Gonari has came out instead. And I made a video on this, that he plans on playing in the playoffs. He is currently running and shooting. And he said he will play in the playoffs. He is going to be in the playoffs. And right now, I think it is, if it's – he got hurt at the beginning of September, so three months, four months is January. Four months from there is May. So, yeah, eight months, which is the same recovery timetable as Danny Green, eight months would be May for Daniel Gallinari. And the reason why Gallinari will not be traded is it would be such a bad look for the Boston Celtics franchise that you signed Daniel Gallinari, who is a lifelong Boston Celtics fan. I don't know if you remember the pictures that emerged of him being like 17 years old in like a full Boston Celtics jumpsuit. And he is beloved by the city. He has a very big Italian following who are now like all Celtics fans. So it would just be like a PR nightmare. It would be a bad look for free agency because that would mean like vets who would want to play for Boston would be like jaded because they saw what you did to Daniel Gallinari when he still had another year on his deal. And it just, it's not going to happen. They're not going to, they don't have anything to trade. You're not trading Graham Williams. Like the only person that they can trade is a Peyton Pritchard, Justin Jackson deal, which is like basically $4 million worth of salary that you can trade. Who are you going to get for? Yeah, obviously Danilo is not getting traded. They have plenty they could trade. Grant Williams is, I don't see any world where Grant Williams comes back to the Boston. They're, they're, they're either re-signing Grant Williams or sign and training him. All right, that's fine. Blake Griffin, three mil. Peyton Pritchard, six mil. Justin Jackson, two they're mil. They're not trading. Luke Cornett, two and a half. They're Sam not trading Blake. Two mil. Blake and Danilo and Grant are untouchable. The only guys you could trade are probably Peyton Pritchard, Justin Jackson, and maybe Luke Cornett if you were getting a center in Rupert. Okay, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's about $9 million. Who has a cap of $9 million? Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley, Yaka Pertle, Naz Reed's like two mil. There's plenty of trades they can make. They have a trade exemption for like 5.9 mil. You know what? You know what? You know what? There's two deals out there that I could see them doing. Peyton Pritchard and Justin Jackson for Bones Island. But now now they don't need another guard. They don't need another guard. They don't need another guard. Like, why would you trade Peyton Pritchard for another guy? You're right. You're right. I think they'll target big man. I think Naz Reed what is about, a really what interesting about guy. Zeke Nanji and Bones Highland for Payne Pritchard, Justin Jackson, and Luke Cornett in a like a protected first. Nah, nah. I think the no, best because 
Naz Reed and Jalen Noel, like you're saying, for Payne Pritchard and Justin Jackson. That would be if, – if the Celtics were to do that trade, I would be horrified because how much better they got, just like they did at the deadline last year, just like they did in the offseason. This team just keeps getting better. Because Jalen Noel Stevens, would replace Payne Pritchard and Naz Reed would be their backup center. Right? Yeah, I think Naz Reed – I think he's – I don't know why people aren't talking about it, especially with this contract. I guess it's because of it's, it's it's expiring. But yeah, it's expiring. I think he's one of the more valuable assets available at the deadline right now. I, I really do. Oh, that he's, a, he's he, everything he, we thought Montrez Harold was going to become. Like, he might well, not. Harold kind of was that. Well, I think he's not as gifted as a interior scorer as Montrez Harold because I think okay. we need to give Montrez Harold credit as an interior. People don't realize yeah, Montrez. Yeah. yeah, he was averaging almost 20 points a game as just a, a paint score. Give him yeah. credit. But Naz Reed is a way better three-point shooter than Montrez Harrell. I think he's the same level as rebounders, Montrez Harold, because Montrez Harold's a decent rebounder for his size. Same thing with mm-hmm. Naz Reed. But Naz Reed is a better defender than Montrez Harold has ever been. And Naz Reed is a better three-point shooter than – he's basically Montrez Harold with defense and a three-point shot. Yeah. Am I right? That's like – they're both like six eight, six nine, undersized centers who are more athletic. They're, you know, decent rebounders for being undersized, but Naz Reed's the better defender. So I think the whole thing is probably the Timberwolves are like, Yeah, you can have we'll trade you Naz Reed. Just send us a protector first back or like four second round picks. And everyone's like, But he's gonna only be a half season rental. I'm like, Well, you could talk to his agent and maybe figure out a verbal agreement, you know? Yeah, you know who else is kind of interesting is um PJ Washington, but I don't think he's going to get traded. I'm looking at paid, Chris Boucher's paid, contract. Paid, paid, paid Watson for the the paid Watson for the Nuggets. You're talking what? Paying Watson on the Nuggets. Uh, PJ Washington. Oh, PJ Washington. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. My apology. Yeah, PJ Washington. I think they actually are planning on re-signing him. They actually really like. I, PJ. Yeah. I think they view P.J. Washington as a modern power forward because he had a career year this season. Unless worst he's case, fought. sign and trade. Yeah, worst <laughs> case, sign and trade or bring him back on a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, he's doing phenomenal. 15 points, 44% from the field, almost 36 from three, five rebounds, two and a half assists, one block, one steal a night, basically. He's like Great the player. Yeah, he's six eight with like a seven-foot wingspan or whatever. He's like the perfect modern-day power forward you want next to like – if you want to go like for Lamelo, but let's let's pivot. We just talked Boston, all Kelly that. Olenek gets bought out. I know exactly where he's going, and that is horrifying to me. Golden State, no Boston. Yeah, I could see that. I also could see him going to Golden State because Golden State would be. Well, the reason why I say Golden State is because the fact that. Golden State for Kelly Oubre. Out of all the teams I'm thinking right now, I think Golden State could literally call up Kelly and be like, hey, we know all these contending teams are offering you a role, but you'd be the eighth guy or ninth guy on those teams. If you come sign with us, you would be the seventh man, co-six man. When Jordan Poole's in the starting lineup, you're six man. When Jordan Poole's coming off the bench, you're the seventh man. You know? I think the better pitch is, hey, you can come play again at Golden State, and this time we'll win the ring. Yeah. You can go get your bag. 
There's also he could get called up by Los Angeles Lakers and be like, you could be a starter next to LeBron. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. Bring to Los Angeles is a big issue for the West. That's like that is a, that's one thing that the Lakers do have as a buyout team. They can tell a lot of players you you want to start next to LeBron in LA. Like not, yeah. yeah, like a lot of contending teams can't say that. They're like, do you want to be the sixth man, seventh man? Like we have a starting lineup. We just need to build up our bench. While the Lakers are like, we need to build up our starting lineup. <laughs> the Rui edition, as as big as the Rui edition was, that would be even more game changing. I think the Rui edition was game changing. I think that Rui was, was just game-changing. a Rui Hachimura was just a two, 2023 free agent move done six months ahead of time. He just gives that team so much. No, shut the fuck up. He does. I don't get why people don't understand, and it's because I watched Rui Hachimura for three and a half years as a Washington Wizards fan. What's and what is his biggest issue? He's soft. He's not an aggressive person. He's inconsistent. He's inconsistent because he's not when aggressive. He's dropping twenty-one and ten on the Los Angeles Lakers in the crib next to Mister James and next to Mister Davis. I will take that. And regardless of what he does, if he can give me thirteen points a game like his career average, I'll take that size. I'll take that length. What up, Joshua George? What up, Chris Simmons? Thanks, everyone, for watching. If you guys are doing enjoying today's show, hit that like button to support the show. Like and subscribe for daily content. We're here Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern time, talking NBA. Be a friend and tell a friend. But Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards is a dog. I also want to say... I'm not one of those people who says Anthony Edwards hasn't taken a jump. I think Anthony Edwards has gotten better. It's just this year has been a bit confusing. Um, and this is a team that we're currently we – we're actually not bad. We're the sixth seed. We're actually ahead of the Warriors. We're only – we're actually tied with the Mavericks. We're a game behind the Clippers, two game, three games behind the Kings, and five games behind the Grizzlies. We've been six and four in our last 10 games. And we're actually a team that like people aren't giving, I think, credit towards. What what are your thoughts about the Timberwolves? I think we're kind of showing we're a decent team. And also give Chris Finch the respect that he deserves. And Anthony Edwards has become a 25 point scorer. Basically improved in every stat. Yeah, I don't really get the he didn't take a leap. This man, as Chris says, is He's 21, so he's 21. I don't care if this is his third year in the league. He's improved every year. He's 21 years old. This man, like, just recently was able to drink. So, well, what can I can I save what I was saying about Anthony Edwards when I said he – so the jump, I think maybe this is because I'm a Timberwolves fan, and I was expecting Anthony Edwards to go supernova, 30-point score, MVP candidates, like – Maybe I just got super caught up in the hype. Like, don't get me wrong. Anthony Edwards has progressed. He's became a better basketball player. I expect this MVP jump next year now. And the only reason I didn't think the MVP jump happened was the start of the season, there was a lot of discombobulation. And there was an adjustment period to this new, the new team, the new players, the new chemistry. Do you agree with that? The way I was saying, huh? There was an adjustment period, which I think why Anthony Edwards – oh, Chris Simmons coming out here. 
This is crazy. Anthony Edwards is top 10 in defensive uh, defensive win shares, and he's the only guard in the top 10, which means he's the best defensive guard in the league. That's a pretty crazy stat. Do you see Anthony Edwards becoming an MVP candidate next year? Definitely, yeah. I don't – it's – points are weird because Anthony Edwards on this list looks like he is – as far as 21-year-old players to average what he's averaging, it looks like he's around eighth or ninth in the NBA. I think people are so caught up in guys like – like here are the people in front of him. LeBron, KD, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, MJ, McGrady, O'Neal, Robertson, Car- Carmelo – Devin so he's in good company. He's in good Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's in good company. He's putting up so, Hall of Fame stats. I think people get too caught up in in stats sometimes because Minnesota isn't necessarily like you were saying. Like it, it took a while actually for them to kind of figure it out. And I don't have much worries about Minnesota this year because we know it's for this is mainly for next year. I yeah. do worry about what that offense is going to look like, not defense when it when Cat comes back. Not too worried. They got some time to figure it out. Regardless, I see Minnesota as like right at 50 wins. Maybe there'll be a few above if they get really hot. Maybe there'll be a few below. Yeah, I think we all expected this team to be a 50-win team in the regular season, which I think they're on pace right now to be a 50-win team, which is quite possible. They just need to go on a win streak. And like you said, this was a team that it's a a next-year team, not a right-now team. And I think – What's interesting is that when you look at this team, it's definitely fun to see what's possible. And I obviously, when Carl Anthony Towns comes back, you gotta you gotta look at Carl Anthony Towns and have him come off the bench. Nothing against Carl Anthony Towns. When he comes back, you gotta bring him back slowly. And oh, play. oh yeah, okay. Like that's what I meant. Not off the bench. Oh. Like like reintegrate him in the lineup and eventually put him back in the starting lineup. Yeah, okay. But you remember how they did with Steph Curry? Steph Curry came off the bench for like the first two, three weeks when he came back from injury last year. Yeah, that's why like, yeah. Um, Tyrese will come back tonight. He'll be on the bench. Uh, Chris Milton might still be on the bench. I know he was last time they played. He came off the bench. Yeah, no, I, I just think. win against Golden State last night without Rudy Croissant. Without Rudy Baguette, that sounds mean. I, I'm a love Rudy. I love Goofy Gobert. Rudy, Rudy Croissant, Rudy Gobert. Baguette. Uh, Rudy Benoit, Benet or Benets, Benoit. <laughs> what do you call him? Benets. I, I don't even know. Yeah, Big Nets. Benet, Big Nate. Well, you know what I'm talking about? The little like little pastry Benet. things. Benet, yeah. Benet. Yeah. The baguettes like bread. So I know what a fucking baguette, baguette is. is. Okay. So, yeah, Ant's, Ant's career is looking great, but I thought last night was a great win against the Golden State Warriors, the future champions of this year, and also, if you forgot, the defending champions, right? So it was very, it was a very good win. Bandwagon. Dude, the Golden State Warriors, I don't think they've won. Uh, dude, the stat was crazy. It was I don't think it was that they haven't won an OT game since 2017, but it was since 2017, they're like 2-15 and 15 in overtime or something. I was My mind was blown. I cannot believe that's a real statistic. I need to list, start listening to the new podcast by Crispy Haynes and Mark Stein called This League Uncut. Hashtag This League Uncut. And they, they it's basically, you know, like the third and fourth biggest insiders behind uh, Woj and Shams now teamed up to create 
their own insider podcast and it's like i think an iheart radio podcast i believe or some shit but they today they said they're discussing og ananobi bones highland dorian finney smith matisse Thibel, boyan bogdanovich cam reddish will barton jay crowder like what they expect yeah, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. So I don't yeah, I'm a journalist. Shit. So like, I I love listening to that shit. But for me right now, guys, if you're listening to the show, well, I think we have like 15 people watching right now. Ooh. Hit that like and subscribe button. It'd be greatly appreciated. Be a friend and tell a friend. We're live Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's eight to nine Central time, and I believe that's what seven to eight West time. And before what if we. I was in front? I don't fucking know. Figure that one out. But it'll be if you're in France, it'll be two to three p.m. So yeah. Chris Simmons asks us who we trade Carl Anthony Towns for, and that's very hard. And the best way to explain it, I'm not going to sit here and give you guys players off the top of my head, but you don't trade Carl Anthony Towns for one player unless it's a superstar. But there aren't going to very much be superstars available. So you look at Carl Anthony Towns and you try to split his contract up. You call up a team that has multiple, multiple large, like not large, but semi-contracts. Like, for example, this wouldn't be the deal, but if you wanted to, let's say next, like if they were to do it this season, you can't, you cannot trade Carl Anthony Towns this season, but yeah. a team that would be of interest would be you call up like the Orlando Magic and you'd be like, send us Jonathan Isaac, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, and Cole Anthony. And we'll send you Carl Anthony Towns, and that way Wait, you just what, what what was that? Like Cole Anthony, Gar- Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, and Jonathan Isaac, oh and we'll send you Carl. No picks involved, and you send that them Carl Anthony Towns. Probably the worst trade I've ever heard of mine. For who? For the for the T Wolves? Yeah, you're telling the T Wolves if they got themselves Jonathan Isaac, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, and Cole Anthony would not be better. No, <laughs> just huh? No. Okay, who, who would you trade Carl Anthony Towns for? I like the Trey Young idea a lot. I don't think it. I, I don't think several just, things need to come into you. play for that. But if you're trying to tell me that's going to be the trade, or I mean, that's that's a little ridiculous. I, I, yeah, uh, we got we got pivot conversations right here. Oh, I do want to say real quick, something you hit always makes a noise. I don't know what it is. I think it's might be the. I don't think it's the mouse though. Yeah, that? yeah, uh, that's my mouse. There's my mouse. I might be the only one who notices it then. Yeah, you probably do because, like, I've noticed in post, I've listened, and you remember when it was like super loud and storm uh, when you were cutting, uh, someone was cutting grass. Yeah. Um, when I listened to the podcast, you can barely hear the cutting grass, but I heard it clear as day through my headset. Yeah, you're right. I did notice that because I wanted to hear what it sounded like, and I well. listened, and it, you could barely yeah. hear it. You yeah. could barely. You can barely hear it, so I bet you you can barely hear the uh, mic. You can probably hear it if you're paying attention to me clicking, but yeah, no, I I was actually surprised that you when you barely heard the cutting grass. The only time you heard the cutting grass was when like the machine went right by your window. Yeah, and I like. Well, could you tell that people were cutting the grass outside all day to this show? No. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll pivot over here. The Utah Jazz are now ninth in the West. And this is a team that just beat the Toronto Raptors. They are currently tied with the Suns Warriors for the seventh, eighth, and ninth seed. They're half game in front of the Pelicans, who the Pelicans have slipped. 
And the Jazz are on a two-game win streak. They've won seven of their last ten. And this is a team that's actually only, you know, 1.5 wins away from the fourth seed. So. It's crazy. At post-All-Star break, is going to be so fun for basketball fans. This could be a great end of the season. I got a strong feel. Because I wanted to mention this earlier was like, could you, Damian Lillard, they're the 11th seed. I don't, I can't find any of the top four seeds that the Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard can't beat. But anyways, back to the Jazz talk. Last night was a phenomenal win. There were some times I was worried they were going to give it away, not necessarily because of Utah, but more so Freddie was on a heater. I mean, this man was just a triple-double. The, the guy was going off. But Lori Markkinen is beautifully fantastic. Walker Kessler is beautifully fantastic. Jared Vanderbilt so underrated. You know, Clarkson's a walking bucket. He had some big-time shots late in that game. I think Walker had seven blocks again. I mean, it, it might have gotten up to eight. I stopped watching after, in the last minute because it wasn't Toronto wasn't coming back. But <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's it's insane. I'm speechless. I'm without speech. Chris Simmons, I think it, you said that Clarkson's a valuable trade asset. From my understanding, there's three untrade uh, there's three untouchable players on the Utah Jazz. That is Lowry Markkinen, Walker Kessler, and Ochai Abaji. Fucker, he he was nice. That was nice too. Who Ochai? Yeah, he's he's came alive. He's came alive cool. over the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been very remarkable to watch. You know, he just doesn't play much. Yeah, I mean, they've started to play him more because I think they're trying to trade Malik Beasley. And they're like, because I said this before, I was like, Malik Beasley and Ochai Abaji are the same exact players offensively, except Ochai is a way better defender than Malik ever was. And yeah, I mean, they they st- sorry, I had an ad start playing. And you look at here, and like it's kind of funny looking at Ochai and this bench because people were at Colin Sexton's on this team. So, like, if they want it, like, they have so many players that are tradable because if they were to trade Kelly Olinick, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson, this team the following day would be Lauder Markinen, Walker Kessler, Malik Beasley, Colin Sexton, and Jared Vanderbilt in the starting lineup. And I probably think they would, be, I mean, their bench would be worse, but like, this is. This is a team that has a lot of players, and it's interesting to see because you could just look at every single one of the, these players and see them as a valuable asset on another team. But if this, but then you look at them, and you're like, oh, they're all in the Jazz. Like this is why this team's a playoff team. Like you have playoff players. Hmm. Well, they, yeah, I mean they're the fourth best offense in the league, and you know even Mike Connolly, Mr. OG Vet, Mr. Mentor. He's done a phenomenal job. So it, it is an interesting – they're in an interesting pickle. I mean, I still think that they're going to get some rid of some guys. I do think Malik Beasley is up there. Um, you know, Kelly Olenek as well. I, I really like the Hawks trade because I can put Laurie at three, but should I have – you know, I guess Laurie and John Collins are – it's going to be a nice complimentary. But, like, you know what I'm saying is the – the I feel like Kelly, unfortunately, he got injured, and I think his injury with Walker Kessler having such a phenomenal season, like Walker needs as many minutes as you can give him. But did you realize last night they ran a Cavaliers lineup? That's what I'm saying. So if you get John Collins and you can get ship off all these valuable role players and you can get Laurie at the three, John at the four, and Walker at the five, like, I mean, that's – That's what I'm know, saying is like cool. – 
that's what they ran last night. They had Lowry at the three, Olenek at the four, and Walker at the five. So, like you said, you switch out Olenek for – because we've said the deal that they should be doing for, you know – it's just because I know that's the deal that's been rumored is Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley for John Collins. I don't know how you – I think you can get Kelly Olenek in there if you include the holiday bros. Don't know if they want to do that, but like you said – I like this size because they it, they literally copied the Cavaliers tonight. Lowry at the three, Olenek at the four, Walker at the five, and then they ran two tiny guards with Mike Conley, who's what, 6'1", and Jordan Clarkson, who's 6'3". I mean, they can do that all they want. Kelly O, I mean, he only played 20 last night, played 15 the night before. I think well, Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt was the one rotating, you know what I mean? I just thought – the the Cavs can play so I mean not the Cavs the Jazz can copy the Cavs but then the Jazz can go out and play a completely different style. Yeah, they, they can. They're very versatile. Very the Jazz versatile are team. yeah a very versatile team. Yeah, but that defense is you know to the playoff question. The defense yeah. would be the only reason because so many people were anticipating you know we're sit here. I mean if you remember like wow the, okay the Jazz are the highest scoring team in the league. So can the defense? Basically, if they have the second worst, third worst defense in the league, when is this going to stop? When is this offense going to stop? And we're sitting here past halfway mark of the season, and the offense hasn't skipped a beat. So, exactly, they're still a playoff team. They're still above five hundred. So, I don't know. I always think playoff experience is huge <laughs> for young cats, and uh, it's just Danny uh, Ainge said he was too old for a rebuild. He was what? Too, too old late. for a rebuild. Oh yeah. So there you go. I mean, this is a team that's going to have they have a lot of draft assets. Thanks, thanks to your Minnesota Timberwolves. So, um, Luke lied to us. Also, what do you mean? Said he was going to come on a little bit later today. Yeah. Oh wow, liar! Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. And this is a team that has de- they actually decreased their asking price for John Collins, and they've said they have a lot of suitors for Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is kind of declining. And it's just because his knees have gone to shit, not because of age. And I think right here, but the team's starting to turn around. And I think I know they played last night the Phoenix Suns. It's not, but well, they were. I think they won six straight. Phoenix is or six to seven. Yeah, but I what I was saying. Them. But what I think is, first off, nobody's talking about that DeAndre Hunter has become the guy that they were hoping he would become. Like, obviously, at the very least. Like John, I mean John Collins, he's having his year like all bad year, but like DeAndre Hunter has became almost a sixteen point per game score, almost at thirty seven percent from three, fifty six percent almost from the field, averaging like a little about a half a steal a game and an assist and a half and four rebounds. Like he's nothing spectacular, but clearly not that contract was not a waste that they gave him. You know, like he was okay, yeah. Because I mean he averaged fifteen a couple years. It was very small sample. So I get what you're saying though. Yeah, he's. Well, he got hurt. It's the first season that he's being 100% healthy. Like, people don't realize rookie season and – I mean, sophomore season, DeAndre Hunter broke out. He broke out for 17 games, and then he suffered a terrible wrist injury. And I think he, like, lost that shot a little bit. And for the last year and a half, he had been working his way back from that wrist injury, and then he got hurt last year again. And I feel like this year we're finally starting to see that sophomore year DeAndre Hunter again. But – and uh, yeah, I, I just I think people don't realize how many injuries Hunter has, and I think Hunter's showing that he's deserving of the money, and that's why, like I think he's a he's showing that he's a good third third guy. Also, Nyeko Kongu had seventeen points last night. 
Yeah, he's he's nice. Well, he's actually, nice. but the thing is, is this team's not ready to move on from Clint Capella. This team has a net rating of like almost five with Clint Capella on the floor, and they have a net rating with Onyeko Okongu on the floor of minus two. Like they're like mm. were they're worse defensively and just as a whole with Onyeko Okongu on the floor. And nothing against Okongu, it just comes down to Okongu fouls way too much, and like he's still learning. So, you know, we're still waiting. But I, I do want to hear. Do you think this is? I mean, they also flew out the the Suns, so we got to see some Aaron Holiday, Trish, Trent Forrest, some uh, Bit Krejcic. And Frank Kaminsky out there, but it was really Okongu, Griffin, Jalen Johnson, and Bogdan have become their bench. Yeah, I like Bogdan. I, I mean, they were raining threes last night. They're about <coughs> five hundred. I still think. I mean, John Collins. I, I know he had a bunch of blocks, but it was horrible. So I literally think so average uh, on this Hawks team right now that it, they need. I think I think they need to get rid of him. I think they need to make a some type of trade. Dejounte is doing a severely underrated job. You know, Trey's back. It was dude. This team was up like what was it? The score at halftime was or right before halftime. It was at least a twenty point game, and Trey Young makes a three, and they go to Trey Young's points, and it was his fifth point tonight. They're up like twenty five or something. So Dejounte severely underrated. Trey. Pretty underrated this year, honestly. Uh, I know he's had his issues, but I think John Collins, John Collins trade could be could be the difference maker. A team like Utah is pretty enticing, but we'll we'll see what they do. And trade deadline, I think, is exactly a week away, right? Time exactly, is, yeah, a week away. Insane. I miss college. I would I, I'm get I'd be getting ready to skip skip classes. Get I don't have class. I don't have class Thursday, but I have work. Oh yeah, I got I got the c word. Can't yeah. come in. Don't go on YouTube. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but that those were so stressful. Trade deadline day was so stressful. I'm glad I'm not a capital J because I don't know how, like, you, Shams, Woj, they're – I want to be the first. Well, I'm probably going to have a bunch of thumbnails ready, and I'm going to be making videos in my car. Nice. And uploading while I'm driving, like, covering – but no, I think also everyone, if you're watching again, 15 people, thank you for watching. Like, comment, and subscribe. If you do enjoy, be a friend and tell a friend. We are live Monday through Friday and we do clips. We're live 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. But let's queue up a game we play. If well, you guys want to do two games now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, queue that up. Queue up and then we'll do. So we play two games. The second game we play is a game called Pick'em, basically where we pick a game from tonight and we choose we are i'm actually one for i'm i'm the winner of last night's game what I, yeah i picked the celtics you picked the nets you picked the nets oh my god <laughs> you won yeah i won and it wasn't even close <laughs> okay 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 you won so here we're doing purdle right now guys right. so Purtle's the first game we close the show out, and next is our pickup. Okay, so who is this? Is that John Collins? Oh, let's go. You need to look like John Collins, though. I, I think he's got more of a 
I think he's got more of a symmetrical face. You know, to me, that looks like it's the Western Conference player. It's like Malik Beasley. No, he's yeah. We'll go with Malik for a cause. It's gonna be a Jazz. Oh, is it Malik Monk? Ooh, oh no, he's young. He's taller than that though. <laughs> he's six eight. You went uh, with a thirty four year old. He's younger than like twenty five. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, I think I know who it is. Old man Batum. Mikhail Bridges. That's actually a good guess. Oh come on, skip. Oh don't do it to me. Let's go. Oh I know who it is. I know who it is. This one's coming down to the wire. Uh, That's some. It's either Kings, Warriors, or um, what's the last specific? Oh, team? it's Keegan Murray. That's who I was gonna put down. I think oh, when Chris said it too, bang! I was gonna. Yeah, I Keegan it. Murray was my guess, dude. Keegan Murray was my guess. That's actually awesome. We all had that one. That's yeah, cool. I was literally waiting for you to mess up because I was gonna go Keegan Murray. That was my pick, and if it wasn't gonna be Keegan Murray, then it was gonna be Moses Moody. Oh, okay, yeah. Because Moody just got that haircut. And so, uh, what NBA schedule, what game do you want to do? Well, I sat a couple last night. Um, Grizzlies, Cavs, I I was worried Ja might sit, but I don't think he's going to. Warriors, Nuggets, I feel like Clay's going to rest. I feel like the Warriors are going to rest a bunch of players. I don't There's, have the injury reports. Clippers, he, Bucks is a wild card. because of He, Knicks, Pelican, Mavs, Clippers, Bucks, or Grizzlies. Heat, I Knicks, do, you're right. We can do Heat, Knicks. Yeah, what do you want to do? Heat, Knicks, or Grizzlies, Cavs? Let's do Heat Knicks. Let's get a uh, we'll we'll keep doing rivalry week. We'll extend okay. it. So let me write this one down. Let me do my research. All right. So right here, guys, we're gonna choose the winners of this game. So let me write this down. Oh my God! Oh, or uh, I thought I, <laughs> I thought the quote was Orlando Robinson fractures thumb. Expect to be out several weeks. I thought that said Damn. Girl Oladipo. Damn, Orlando Robinson was nice though. They keep getting injuries. All right. I'm okay. I'm honestly, I'm on the Bam going? grind, bro. I be, I believe Bam out of bio is him. I'm going Bam and the Heat. Yeah. Are you on the same road boat as I'm, me? I am, but I like to. I really liked that I'm one and zero, and you're not. But I guess I'll try to continue my lead, and I'll go with the Miami Heat because I do think the Heat are gonna win. I think the Knicks Bam out of bio like Bam, is on a tear. Bam's doing a great job. No depot though tonight. Yeah, no depot. But I, I do believe in this team. Bam yeah. out of bio. Yep. Chris Simmons said Heat. If you guys want to yeah. comment down below your choice on who will win Miami Heat or the New York Knicks. I we both chose the Heat. I wrote it down on this piece of paper, which will now go in this drawer. And I'm also will... gonna be doing my own piece of paper because Ciro thought he was one and oh. But that's why that's why we wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, we wrote it down and Just I put saying, it in the drawer. Man, I don't know why I have to you know, double down. The viewers will keep us in check here. <laughs> All right. But that's going to be today's show, guys. Uh, we do enjoy the fact that you guys were here today to enjoy yeah, it with Chris us. So, yeah, shout out Chris Simmons for be for coming on. Shout out as well as our boy jo Joshua George. We got hey, we Ooh, also Justin the main. 
Digs by the way seven from Twitch. Yeah. We love all our Twitch viewers. Justin <laughs> Belman. Do I have Twitch still? I had to follow us on Twitch. Oh, yeah, follow us on Twitch. I don't even think, even think we have one follower on Twitch. <laughs> That's why about whenever we get a Twitch. It's been a while since the last Twitch chat. Yeah. But that's where we're going to leave it today, guys. Any closing arguments from Jackson? Um, LeBron, James. My dog literally just jumped off the bed and like just asked me to go on a walk. Uh, now we now our Twitch is to two followers. Oh, let's go. So that's it from us. If you guys did stick to the end, be a friend and tell a friend. And if you didn't like it, just forgot this ever happened. Like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you. We have 15 viewers almost for the entirety of the show. That is greatly appreciated. We'll be back here tomorrow, February 3rd on Friday. Have a good game, guys. Oh, yeah, wow. That was a fast week. All right. Yeah. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.